Right, thank you. Good to be here again. Uh, we, we've been here a few times and uh, always a pleasure. And uh, now <clears throat> I'll take my watch off and put it over there. There's a story about a, a young boy and he, he goes with his friend to church for the first time. And uh, he sees on the board some numbers and he said, what, is, what does that mean? And his friend said, oh, that's the, uh, that's the hymns. And, um, and so <clears throat> that went on. And then a little bit later, the men came around with the baskets. And he said, what does that mean? He said, oh, that's where we give our gifts for the Lord. And uh, then a bit later on, the choir went and sat down. And he said, what does that mean? He said, oh, the pastor's about to preach. And with that, the pastor got up and took his watch off and put it down. He said, what does that mean? He said, absolutely nothing. But I promise <laughs> I won't preach all day. Um, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll just have a nice time together as we study God's Word. And we're going to look at Romans chapter 8. And I've been thinking just recently about all of the strife and trouble and difficulties in the world. And, and, uh, and sometimes, you know, we, um, we think that God is not in control. <laughs> we look around and we go... Why are you allowing all this to happen, Lord? And surely um, time cannot be long. Um, but I was thinking about that, and, and you know, God's love overcomes just about everything. And uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 35 is our text for today. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. King James, uh, I'm not going to apologize, I love my King James Bible, and uh, I'm sure we can all understand what it says. The reason that I chose this text um, was really because, I don't know about you, but I need to know the love of Christ in my life. Um, There is uh, the love of family, which is wonderful. Um, There is the love of friends, which is very nice. Um, But there's also a lot of evil in the world. And um, we need to understand that nothing is going to, if you are born again, if you have Christ as your Savior, and I believe I'm speaking mostly to people that are saved today, nothing can separate you from the love of Christ, including ourselves. Sometimes we see the sin in our lives and it overcomes us. And we shouldn't let it because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so let's pray together this morning and then we will look at God's word together. Father, we thank you for the love of Christ. Father, that uh, before the foundation of the world, uh, Lord God, uh, you as our Father looked to us and made a way, Father, that we might be saved. And Lord, um, in the sacrifice of your Son, Father, we have uh, a wonderful expression of love. So loved the world, did you, that you provided for us. And Father, um, as we who love Christ and have accepted, Father, the gift of salvation, may we always be encouraged, may we always see the love of Christ in action, uh, Father, and uh, enjoy those things that 
our Father, you have given us through your Son and our Savior. And so we ask a blessing as we open your word today in Jesus' name. Amen. Many years ago, I was preaching at East Coast Bay's Bible Baptist Church. It's the church that um, uh, we were saved into from 1979. Jackie and I were saved. And uh, we met in a community hall for about eight or nine years. And then we got enough money together that we bought a, a bit of land with a building on it. And we built a church. And, and God was in all those things. And, uh, and I used to teach Sunday school. Uh, for the adults, and uh, you do a bit of preaching every now and then. And I preached one Sunday, and there were uh, a number of new faces in the um, in the congregation. And, and afterwards, a man came up to me and said, um, I'd like to talk to you. You always get nervous when a stranger comes up to you and says, I want to talk to you. You go, I wonder what I've said now that's upset him. Because um, he, he didn't look happy about what I'd said. And um, so anyway, we, we always had a cup of tea at the back, you know. We always got a function room. We went out. And so I said, well, let's go and have a cup of coffee and we can have a talk. And he, um, anyway, we got our coffee and went off quietly and sat in the corner. And he said, um, I have to take issue with something that you said. So I said, oh, okay. I said, well, I try and always preach from the Bible and, and I try and understand what I'm preaching and teaching Hopefully I haven't got it wrong. What, what was it I said? He said, well, he said, you said that um, once we're saved, you know, we are eternally secure. I said, yes, Bible teaches that. He said, that's not true. I said, what are you saying? And he said, well, you can lose your salvation. He said, I've lost my salvation three or four times today already. And I said, well, you're sorry, but you are not understanding what salvation is. If you can lose it, then you never had it. So I said, let me explain to you from the, from the Bible why it is that um, salvation is something that is a relationship between God and us. And if you are saved, we're in dealt with the Spirit of God. Stop, he said, I'm going to stop you right there. He said, that's not true at all. And then he got angry. I mean, you could see you know, <laughs> the, the, the anger mounting in him. And, and he started to rail on me. You know, you guys are this and this. And, I and in the end, he got up and walked out. And I heard the door slamming in his car inside the building. So he was really angry. And I don't know why. I just tried to explain from the Word of God that... I am persuaded that nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. And isn't that what we just read this morning? We just read that, didn't we? It says in verse uh, 38, I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor none of these things can separate me from the love of Christ. I can't lose my salvation. If I am indwelt with the Holy Spirit of God, I cannot lose my salvation. And it caused me to think often, you know, the, the issue that we have is I used to misquote our text because I used to say, what shall separate us from the love of God? That's not what it says. It says, who will separate us? Do you notice that? 
And your Bible says it, uh, the King James says it, and I'm sure your Bible says it too. You can't change that little word. It's a who. Who people will try and separate us from the love of Christ. Or they will even mislead us to start with. This man, I don't know where he had been uh, in church. I don't know where he had been involved in religion. But the religion that he had been involved in was a man-made religion. It wasn't God's word. And so we have to understand, I think, what God says. Now, in verse 28 of Romans chapter 8, it says this, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Now, if we would take the antithesis there, we take the opposite of that, what does it say? We know that all things work together for evil to them that do not love God. And so that's something we have to be aware of. We're called according to his purpose, the Bible says. And if we're saved today, and I hope you are saved today, if you're not saved today, I'm happy to spend all day talking to you about how to be saved. You come and see me afterwards, we'll go and have lunch together, and we'll talk about salvation until until you're saved, because I think that's what we should all be doing. We should be talking to people about salvation. So we have a situation that if we are saved, it is not an accident. You are not an accident. You know, you are, you are saved because it's part of God's plan for you. We're saved according to his purpose, not our purpose, his purpose. And, uh, and the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, is he? promised us, promised us many things. He's long-suffering, and he wants, doesn't want anybody to be unsaved. Now, the reason that people do not want to be saved are many, and we're surrounded by those things. But God has offered us a gift, and if we accept that gift, then a transaction has taken place. I love that. I, I love the whole idea of a transaction. You know, it's not what I have done, it's what God has done. I, just, I simply have to believe. Okay, It's just believing faith. And if I believe, then a transaction takes place and God says that I am indwelt with the Spirit of God. I am sealed. And, uh, and so that's just our faith. And if we look at verse 29, it talks a little bit there about what we should understand. For whom, he said, we're talking about... Uh, in verse 28 it says, according to his purpose, and he says, for whom he did foreknow. So he knew you before you were saved. You go, now we sometimes have trouble with this whole time-space thing, but um, God is the same yesterday, mm-hmm. today, and forever. Yeah, we understand that. God, does God change? God cannot change. God is, I am. And so, and so he is outside of time and he is outside of space. And so when he looks at us, he knows the end, doesn't he? <laughs> he knows what's going to happen. Uh, we have no promise of tomorrow. I hope you all make it through tomorrow, but I can't guarantee it, okay? Uh, we just never know what's going to happen, do we? And uh, we, we live and we breathe uh, by God's grace. And so we understand that he is outside of time. And he knew, and he knows the end, 
And so he knows who's going to be saved and who isn't going to be saved. And he says, well, whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. So we are supposed to be, those of us who are born again, who have accepted Christ as Savior, we're indwelt with the Spirit of God, and the Holy Spirit wants us to be conformed to Jesus Christ. Follow me, Jesus said. We are supposed to be following Jesus Christ. Now, the problem we have is that we're human. (laughs) And so we have all the human frailties. And so it's not an easy thing to follow Christ because we read the Scriptures and we know the Scriptures and we know what's right and we know what's wrong. And often, as the Apostle Paul would say, I want to do the right thing, but I end up doing the wrong thing. That's the human condition. Does God understand that? Well, yes, he saw us before the foundation of the world and he sees where we're going to end up. This is no surprise. You're never going to blindside God. You're never going to come up and surprise him. He knows us and he knows how we're made. But we are conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. When we are saved, a transaction takes place and we are indwelt with the Spirit of God And it says there, we are conformed to the image of his son. We are supposed to look like Christ. Now that's a tremendous responsibility. I don't know whether you feel that, but I certainly do. Because often I don't feel I look like Christ at all. And so it's it's the struggle, the, the war that wages within each one. Paul talks about this. Every day I get up, it's a battle. Because I want to do what I want to do, and I don't want to look like Christ. I want to do what I want to do. You know, no, the Holy Spirit tells you you are to be all those things that the fruit of the Spirit tells you to be. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, all those things. We, we want to try and strive to be like that because Christ was like that. But it is a battle and it is a struggle. Um, but he called us, didn't he? Verse 30, Moreover, whom he did predestinate them, he also called and he called, those he called, he justified, and he justified, and he glorified. See the progression. We are supposed to be growing in grace as believers. And we can do that. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Well, the answer is those around about us. And the world is constantly trying to change us and stop this progression. Because if we look at it, we can see what's happening here. God chose us. Then what this calling of ours is to be like Christ. What we do, he will justify what we have done for Christ and will grow that. That's part of our personal development. And God will be glorified by what we have done. See how it progresses? And who can stop that? The answer is, well... Perhaps we can if we, if we quench the Holy Spirit. But if we don't, if we want to grow in grace and grow in understanding, then we can accomplish these things that God wants us to accomplish. And who can separate us from that? Well, the answer is those that are around about us. And it's often those little things that will trip us up. But, what shall we say then? Verse 31. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? 
He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? You see, God promises us that if we will be faithful, faithful in a little bit, what's God going to be? Faithful in, you know, many things. So our job is to be faithful. And, and then, what's going to happen? Well, I guarantee, if you are faithful, I'll give it to you in writing, trouble will come. If we're faithful even in a little bit, trouble will come. And it will come in the form of lightning strikes, floods, famine? No. It'll come in the form of people. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Verse 33. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? You're the elect of God. If you're born again, you're saved, you're elected. It's God who justifieth. Who will challenge us? And the answer is just about everybody. Just about everybody. People that are your family, people that are your neighbors, people that you work with, the media, you name it, they will challenge your faith. Nothing's changed. Started back in Genesis and it's going to end up in Revelation. And it's the who that will separate us from the love of God. And and we've you know, been ridiculed for your faith. People, I used to work with an atheist, and um, and he used to say to me, "I don't understand." He said, "You're you're a clever guy, you know. You're a, you've got a mind on you. How can you believe all this foolishness?" And he was just being nice to be unkind, wasn't he? <laughs> and he. he and I, he tried to explain to me, uh, he, I mean, he, he was a very clever man, and he had two, he had two doctorates, one in, uh, I can't remember what they were in now, but they, one was human anthropology and one was something else. And he had a, he had a tremendous mind on him, but he, he was constantly looking at himself and he was never looking at the world that was going around, on around him. And, and I would say to him, look, Look at this example, and look at that example. Man's inhumanity to man. You can't tell me that, you know, that's evolution. That's just man being man. You know, we, we are, I am, I am saved according to the word of God. I am basing my faith on what I understand God has said. You're basing your faith on science and other things. But it's personal. He's probably never going to get saved. I prayed for him when I worked for him daily. But he is more confused about what is going on than we are. When we are indwelt with the Spirit of God, we have clarity. We can see. We were blind, but now we see. We can see the world for what it is. We can see what is right. We can see what is wrong. We understand those things. But we need to be careful because we're going to be challenged. 
Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they were going to persecute you. The world is going to persecute you. And, and we have different ways today. It's, fortunately, we don't have to be martyred for our faith in New Zealand. But I tell you what, there's places in the world where if you stand up and be uh, and say you're a Christian, we, we, when we were in Auckland, um, Jack and I worked with Iranian refugees and uh, uh, we kind of helped introduce them to the English language and to the Bible and so on and we did Bible studies and so on with them and a lot of their English was not so very good. But I know if I went to Tehran and got out a soapbox and stood on the corner of the street in Tehran and started preaching from the Bible, I wouldn't be there very long. And then you might never hear from me again. You go, remember Barry, he went to Tehran. I don't know what happened to him. <laughs> there are countries like that still. And, uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, we see the things going on in Syria and Iraq right now. And these are people who will say that they are doing the will of God. Well, they've never read his word and they've never understood what God tells us to do. But persecution is there. And it's going to happen. But if we consider the who, verse 34 talks about it again. It says, who is he that condemns us? Who, who is going to condemn us? Well, it's not going to be another Christian. If it is, then they're not saved. For surely we are one in the Lord, are we not? And I, can, I have no right to condemn you and even though my preaching might be bad, you have no right to condemn me. You have to say, Amen. Amen? Amen, yeah. Even if you don't like it. And often I've sat in congregation and I haven't liked what the preacher has said, but I have no right to condemn him. Okay? As long as it's from the Word of God and it's true, we have to understand it. Who is going to condemn us? Well, it is Christ that died, yea, is risen again, and is even at the right hand of God who also maketh intercession for us. I am glad about that. Failed person that I am, Christ makes intercession for me. He is my lawyer. It's a, if you read the, read the Greek here, it's, it's, it's got a courtroom feel about it. <laughs> and I stand in the dock and the uh, the great accuser is going, look at him. And he's like this, and he's like that, and he's like something else. And yes, I am. Yes, I am. It's a guilty, guilty, guilty. And the Lord says, yeah, but I've paid the price. His sin is laid to my charge. And he's interceding for me. And God is the judge. And God sees that sacrifice and accepts it. We have to remember that. And in uh, John it says, As the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself, and to have given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Yeah, Christ has all authority. He is my Savior. He is the one who, has, who stands for me. And uh, And if... If we're his children, we are heirs, Bible says. We are joint heirs with Christ. See, it's a transaction, isn't it? When we're saved, 
we are transacting with God and we are indwelt with the Spirit of God and He will give us what we need and He will help us and, and show us the Christ. And what can take that away? So we understand those things. We're joined ears with God. So who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation. Well, we're all going to get tribulation, I guess, at one stage or another, and distress and persecution and so on. And uh, and these things, well, we understand that. But it is it is the people that are around us that will have the most influence. Is that not true? You know, do your family have a bigger influence on the world than the world? Do your friends have a bigger influence than, you know? And the answer is yes. It's who we interact with. They will have the influence on us. And they are the ones, if they are unsaved, that we have to be very careful about. I, I love my sister, she's, but she's not saved. And... Uh, and we don't have, you know, our family, Jack is the same, her family, they're not really saved. They're not saved. And and that's a problem, and we pray for them, and we pray that they would be saved. And then the people that we work with, you know, lovely people, but again, not saved, maybe. Very few people really saved. And and we have to be careful that, that they do not influence us, because they will try and justify their position. And that is trying to separate us from our position. And we have to be careful about those things. And the Bible talks about that, and it says, we, For thy sake we are killed, verse 36, all the day long we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Why? Because we do not say, believe or we'll shoot you. Do we? It's what some religions say. Believe or we'll kill you. We don't do those things. We're the opposite of that. We say God is love. And, and we should love each other. And we should be kind to each other. And we should care for each other. And we should be all the things that Christ was. Because that's what we should be like. He was as a sheep led to the slaughter. And we're supposed to be the same. Now that goes against what we're like. Doesn't that? You know, we have to overcome those things. We have to be as Christ was. And, uh, but verse 37 says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We have the opportunity to faith, by faith to overcome the who. Who shall separate us? And in the Gospel of John it says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me, in Christ, you might have peace. In the world you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Our Savior has overcome the world. And we read, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life and so on, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Well, the man I talked about in the beginning, 
It wasn't the Bible that separated him from Christ. It was man that separated him from Christ. He could lose his salvation because he didn't understand what the Bible said. Someone incorrectly taught him. My old pastor used to say, when, when I was first saved, I knew nothing. I had very little scriptural understanding. And he would say things and my mind would explode. <laughs> and I'd go up to him afterwards and I'd say, I don't understand, I didn't understand that. What do you mean? You know? And he said, No, don't, don't, don't look at me. Don't believe me. You go get your Bible and you look it up. And make sure that I've said the right thing. I go away and read, come back. Do you know he was right all the time? He's a good pastor. He's with the Lord now. And uh, but Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, is the same today, and is the same. God doesn't change. Our word doesn't change, does it? The Bible doesn't change. So it's the who that changes or tries to change us, tries to change the way we think. And the more we understand the word of God and the more that we we grow in grace and understanding, the fewer things will influence us. And the less effect people will have on us. And if I've learned anything since I've become a Christian is that the more I understand the Word of God, the more I can answer the questions that people... And people come with hard questions. We, we've just done a series called Christianity Explored in Cambridge Baptist. And basically it's inviting people who know very little or nothing about Christianity to come and, and, and learn of Christ. And, you know, people who are unsaved, they come with all the questions I had. <laughs> with all the with all the hard hard questions, why does God allow this, and why does God allow this, and how come the Bible says this, and what about that, and what about, all these hard questions? And who can separate us from the love of Christ? Well, the answer is those questions can. We have doubts. We're not sure, but the more that we study the Word of God, the more we have answers. And we more, more that we see that God is in control yesterday, today, and forever. And who can separate us from the love of God? Nothing. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Nothing. Who can show us His truth, the Holy Spirit that dwells within each of us? We should let the Holy Spirit lead us and direct us And we should understand that God will never forsake us and nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Amen.